0: Hello peas, it's Kate here, all on my own. And
1: I want to tell you about my new podcast. My new podcast is called Honestly, I'm Lonely. Hopefully it's out on all platforms. It's definitely out on Spotify. It's two episodes a week. On Tuesdays, I chat to an awesome human about being lonely. And on Thursday, I chat with my partner, who's a psychologist, about the effects of loneliness or how loneliness makes us feel. She chats from a clinical perspective and I just chat from a chatting perspective. So (laughs) she's laughing because she's sitting here beside me. Um, I think that you're really going to enjoy it. I'd just love you to give it a listen and hopefully we can continue our journey as podcasters together. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely and invest with your guardrails in place, parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
0: We begin by acknowledging the Gabi Gabi people, the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast episode is being recorded today, and pay respects to their elders, past and present, and to their parents with children with disabilities. This podcast contains truth, laughter, and the occasional F-word, so it's not really suitable for children. Well, you probably won't hear quite so much swearing among the beans, you know. Well, yeah. Not suitable for children. Sometimes you just have to get your shits out. Shit, 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 shit. That's right, this is a language warning. Oh, shit. Hello, peas. Hello Beans, green vegetables everywhere. Gary Bean here, welcoming you to another Beans Talk. Thank you for putting us in your ears. You know, I read a review, a a comment that one of the peas left recently on a podcast platform. And I, I must confess I hadn't really paid much attention to the comments. Uh, I guess I knew they were there, but I hadn't read them. And Mandy and Kate pointed me in the right direction and said, you know, have a look at these. So I began reading through them. They are wonderful. You know, your feedback means a lot. Your encouragement means a lot. The fact that you're listening, that, that you're, you know, engaging in these conversations with us, it means so much. So I'm glad that we're able to do this. Thank you for the comments. Keep them coming. Keep the feedback coming, suggestions, questions, whatever. Um, It's just nice to know that we're having these conversations together. Today I'm talking to David Warner. And look, I have to say I am one of the luckiest people in the world. I get to have these conversations that are just extraordinary I spoke with David about a week ago at the time that I'm recording this now and it was 11 o'clock at night for him in South Carolina, good old US of A, and it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon for me, very civilised. And I have to say, I went into it based on the recommendation of one of the peas who, thank you by the way for alerting me to David's blog and David's uh, podcast and some of the news and radio items that feature David. I thought, I must talk to this, Dad, and I'm so glad that I did. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having you hear this conversation today. David Warner and his wife, Roxanne, live in South Carolina, as I mentioned, near the delightfully named Myrtle Beach And as you'll hear, they have two sons at the time of recording, Zachary 11 and Isaiah 9. Now, David is this most incredible advocate for his son, Zach, especially with regard to Zach's education at present, including David is now running for his district school board, specifically to be able to bring the voice of peas and beans to that governing body in the U.S. He's also embroiled in an action that is currently before the federal court and may well end up in the U.S. Supreme Court on behalf of children in the school districts across the USA who are being denied access to therapies and therapists when they're at school. It's an amazing path for this quite modest, gentle, very capable dad to be on. You know, you probably know that in the US they have the Americans with Disabilities Act, a federal act that impacts on all areas of public life in the US. And David, not a lawyer, is taking on the legal system on behalf of his son and on behalf of all children who are similarly affected by the way public institutions do things, in this case, in particular, education institutions. Anyway, before you hear from David, I do want to say something really, really important. Are you listening? Peas and beans, we already have more on our plate than we ever wanted and more than we are sure we could cope with. And let's be honest, sometimes we are not coping. Your whole universe can shrink down to the daily, hourly necessities that have to be dealt with, and I know that. I've been there. So I just wanted to say it out loud. What you're about to hear is David and Roxanne's story. The things that they are tackling may or may not line up with the things that you need to tackle. I don't want to give the impression, and David certainly didn't, that every dad should be advocating in the ways that he is. We can't avoid advocacy on behalf of our pea-shirts and bean sprouts, but there are many different ways to advocate and many different levels of demand. You're already in there, doing what you can. Nobody, least of all me, is trying to put anything more on you. However, I did find it heartening and, yeah, a little bit inspiring to hear David describe the things that he's finding himself doing as a dad on behalf of his boy. You have to do what you have to do, whatever that may be. So I hope you find it a little bit heartening as well. Now, I just want to make sure that you all know that, as always, this episode is about the perspective and the story of the person being interviewed. But I need to tell you up front that there is a four-minute or so conversation in the middle of the episode, around about 22 minutes in, where David talks about ABA. Now, at the time... That I spoke to David, I was unaware of ABA and the controversy that has grown up around it and about the strong feelings that people have um, regarding ABA. So please be aware that letting the guests tell their story is not an endorsement of their approach and that I am certainly not endorsing ABA. The conversation was about so much more than that, but I'm now beginning to understand why this is a serious issue. And Mandy and Kate and I felt it would be best for you to know about this before you begin to listen to the episode so it doesn't catch you by surprise. So, here we are, this is me, talking with David Warner. So, g'day David.
2: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you for asking, and I'm so pleased to be talking to you all the way in South Carolina. Where are you exactly? Exactly
2: south carolina so that is the eastern coast mm-hmm. um i am I actually live in con the edge of conway but um i'm very close to myrtle beach um so i'm within uh, it's one of the beaches that many people use here um and it's right there i'm probably maybe 10 minutes from the coast
0: okay and were you born in south carolina
2: no, I'm actually originally from Illinois, uh, Central Illinois area, mm-hmm. and uh, we moved here to get close to some family and to. I always tell people I moved from the cornfield to the beach.
0: <laughs> that's like a sea change uh, rather than a corn change or something. Yeah, the cornfields to the beach. That's was that a big adjustment?
2: Um, no, it wasn't a huge adjustment. It was just um learning the culture of uh you know people here are a little bit different than where we lived before and so hmm. you know says anytime you make that move you kind of kind of learn the 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 movement we were from a smaller town this isn't really big it's just very business busy with tourists and you know people coming in so that's the big adjustment really
0: okay Well, as I say, it's great to talk with you, and the peas and the beans are very keen to hear your story. So why don't we start the way we always do, just to get everybody relaxed, and I'll ask you the three questions. The first one being, is there a favorite piece of music that you have that either picks you up or calms you down?
2: I actually really like the song Dirty by Grandson.
0: Okay, dirty, right. Yes. I must say I don't know it, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't <laughs> mean a- anything very much. I'm going to listen to it now. Or we'll put it on our Spotify list. Why do you like that one, David?
2: Um it's kind of like a motivational type of song um, and it basically you know it's, it, it talks about uh, uh, do you love your neighbor? is it in your nature? Uh, it talks about like trying to get you to kind of get up and get going and move, make something happen.
0: Wow. Okay. I will really like that. I'll, I'll check that one out and that will go on our Spotify list so that the peas and beans can have a listen to it too if they don't know it already. Thank you. So the second question then is, uh, it seems like a strange question, but it has a lot to do with the way we experience raising our children with additional needs and their schooling and so on. Did you win any awards when you were in school? You know, I did not
2: win a lot of rewards in school. Um, honestly, when I uh, got to my senior year, uh, my reward was not being there anymore. <laughs> Just my experience wasn't uh, fantastic. So,
0: okay, well, I'd like to talk more about that if we can when when the time comes, David, because you have sort of given me a little bit of background about how how school was for you, your experience in high school, and I know that probably has informed your adult life and your, your role as a dad and so on. So let's come back to that if, if you'd like a little bit later. Yeah. Um, but, but now let's ask the third question. Now, of course, in this tribe, a pea and a bean uh, is a mum or a dad of a child with a disability or additional needs. Our children are our pea shoots <laughs> or our bean sprouts. Um, so the question is, um, why are you a bean
2: um, I have a 11 year old son um, who has a diagnosis of, of diagnosis of autism. Okay. Um, and uh, so um, mm-hmm. that is why.
0: Okay. And you have other children as well.
2: Yeah, I have a 9-year-old and 11-year-old. So my 9-year-old, his name is Isaiah, and uh, my 11-year-old is Zachary.
0: Zachary. And I think Zachary is spelt in an unusual way or or a a very special way. Is that right?
2: Yeah, we spell it Z-A-K-K-A-R-Y.
0: Is there a particular reason for that?
2: Well, we opened a book up and we liked it and we just circled that one and said it was it great. <laughs> it was it wasn't really that well thought out we just saw and thought it was kind of cool so
0: <laughs> it is very cool and uh it's just that i hadn't seen it spelt that way before so i just wondered if there was a, a particular reason um but okay so zachary and isaiah and your 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 wife their mom she's with you
2: yeah um, my wife her name is roxanne okay and she is my she, she make she helps me make it through the day.
0: <laughs> oh, that's nice to hear. I'm sure she does. And Roxanne, if you're listening, thank you very much for letting us talk to David. And we won't talk about you too much behind your back unless we say good things. Um, so, David, you have there's four of you at your place. Correct. Yes, yep. Sir. Okay. Now, before we get into the to Zachary's story and your story as his dad, I I always like to try to meet the person that we're talking about. So, and for for our listeners, can you introduce us to Zachary, the little 11-year-old boy that he is today? What's he like?
2: He is a very happy little boy. He mm-hmm. um, absolutely loves Thomas the Train. That's his favorite thing. You okay. can name him. <laughs> All the trains for you If you want <laughs> If you um, want to sit and listen to that um, And he Is just always smiling And happy And we have our moments But he is um, such a happy little boy he, He's listening all the time And as a matter of fact We'll sit down and I'll uh, Say something to my wife Not knowing that he's listening But he is very aware <laughs> Of what I'm saying And mm. Uh, you know, earlier I said I'm gonna go grab a soda, and he uh came right in the room thinking he was also going to get one as well. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so he's paying attention, he is, yeah. Now, look, it's 11 o'clock at night where you are as we're talking. Does that mean Zachary's in bed, or, or, or might he join us?
2: Yes, he is definitely yeah, in bed cause he got school tomorrow. That
0: makes sense. Okay, so I. I he's he's happy he's aware he's he's paying attention to what's going on and generally speaking uh he um he how does he cope with his his peers with uh, other the other boys and girls that he knows in school for example is he does he have good friends
2: yeah so he is very um unfortunately because of the severity of his autism um he's still trying to learn how to uh you know build those friendships mm. and also be it so at school unfortunately he's in an, an isolated classroom uh and um so that's something that we obviously want to to change yes um just for himself because you know it's very obvious when you're around him you can tell that he likes being around other kids and he enjoys it and um uh, so, you know, obviously that's been something that's really at the core, sort of, of many of the things that we've done over the past few years to try to to kind of fix the school
0: situation. Yeah, well, I know what you're talking about, and, and many of our parents are in exactly the same circumstance where they have to advocate and Go that extra mile in on behalf of their children, in the face of a system. And we will talk about your advocacy and uh, what you're doing with the schools there, because uh, it's it's very inspiring to me uh, what you're doing, and it must be a, a huge challenge for you. So we'll come to that. But let's go back to the beginning when Zachary joined us. Um, obviously, as your firstborn, you and you and Roxanne were. Eagerly anticipating his arrival was was his uh, his birth straightforward.
2: Uh, I mean, we had um, the normal birth; everything um, seemed pretty uh, typical of a normal birth, and mm-hmm. um, um, so we were were excited. I remember just as a dad, like thinking and being so excited about uh, you know having my first little boy and, mm. uh, thinking of all the fun things that we would do together. And so, um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was really the typical birth that you would think of.
0: Okay. Now, may I ask, um, is your dad still with us?
2: He is. Yes.
0: Yeah. And you and he, do you get on well?
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Cause I know that as a dad myself, one of the big factors in preparing yourself for that and in anticipating that is the experience you had with your own dad, obviously, growing up as a boy and so on. So, um, uh, and your mum also, is she still uh, uh, with us? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And they are both uh, close by or are they involved with your family life these days?
2: Yeah. So that's, really why we moved to myrtle peach mm-hmm. is uh to be closer to them mm-hmm. um and so we did that and uh so they see them quite often and that's one of their favorite things to do is to go to yeah, grandpa
0: excellent. and grandma's house excellent we call them grand peas and so that was uh that was a good move and that has worked out well and they enjoy each other
2: yeah absolutely
0: yeah Great. So, okay. So, Zachary comes along and uh, everything's going smoothly. And uh, what what happened next?
2: Well, we um, started to notice that Zachary wasn't hitting, you know, the typical milestones that you would expect. Yeah. Um, to be honest, like as a dad, I, um, I just kept thinking that, you know, he would catch on, you know uh it was just part of him maybe just being a little bit behind or whatever mm. um i remember i remember somebody even coming to me as he was younger and saying hey david do you think uh that your son might be autistic and i said mm, i don't think that there's anything wrong with my kid you know and um, probably my first reaction but um then, as time would go by, I would—I st- didn't even know what autism was, so that whole world was new to me. Mm. And um, so, I uh, eventually realized, uh, as he was, you know, starting school, that things weren't really going the way we expected them to go. Mm. And so, um, we went to go get that diagnosis. Now, took here uh, the waiting list just to get into a doctor for that particular diagnosis uh, is about a year. And so we waited for that year and we kind of knew at that point we'd done a lot of reading and we, you know, Googled things and and different things. And eventually um, we got that diagnosis and then they give you a list of all the different things that you uh, might, you know, therapies and different things that you might utilize to be able to, you know, better assist your your, your child in learning.
0: Yeah. And so how old was Zachary at that time when the diagnosis was, was given? He was six. Okay. And he was in uh, a mainstream school at that point?
2: Yeah, he um, started um, school, he was in a regular um, school, but he was now, um, he's always been in special education, so um, that's where he sort of um, mm-hmm. started and... Um, and they labeled him as uh, development del- developmentally delayed hmm. um, and uh so we started down the path of special education and learning how to to navigate that process, which is not easy no. um here in the states at least.
0: Oh no, it's not easy anywhere I think um, that's that's for sure. So by that stage, Isaiah is uh, I guess four years old. So, um, how are he and how are they getting on as little boys, as brothers? (laughs) So
2: Isaiah is incredible. Um, he, um, grew up and he's had his challenges. Of course, I think that one of the challenges was learning how to play with Zachary, Mm. um, because, you know, at the time, Zachary was completely nonverbal and, um, So you have to learn that. And I always tell people that I kind of feel like um, the most incredible thing and in the I, I, the picture that I love seeing is how he has worked so hard to sort of be Zach's friend, sort of. Aww. And so um, when you go see them go to a playground, now he is always trying to find somebody who's not included and including them into that. And so, um, as I always say, when you include people with disabilities, you're really raising the bar and, 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 and showing others how to include people.
0: That is wonderful, David. He, he sounds like somebody I'd also like to meet. And you're right, with siblings, uh, it, it has such a huge impact, doesn't it? And in many ways, it can be a very positive influence on their lives as they grow um and uh facing realities that maybe they wouldn't otherwise so he's embraced the challenge and he's uh he's uh, getting out there encouraging people and including them that's wonderful yeah okay um so all right, when it came to schooling then so you, you've had the diagnosis you've had some suggestions about therapies let's talk about some of those therapies. What pathway have you have you taken with uh, with therapy?
2: So um, he gets speech, um, occupational therapy, and the one that uh, we struggled getting uh, all the hours that was necessary was um, ABA therapy mm And um, he's prescribed 40 hours a week, um, Mm. yet he was only able to get it between three and six because he was in school.
0: Wow. And how, how has the ABA been? Has that been helpful?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's been incredible for him, um, and he absolutely loves it. Like, when he, we take him, and we're telling him that we're going to the clinic, um, he is so excited. He is face lights up, and he goes in there, and you know, I mean, I never think you think about, like, uh, anything medical. Like, I don't get excited about going to a doctor. Um, and uh, he loves it. So he goes in there and he knows each one of his uh, therapists by names. And uh, he will go and, uh, and and just have a blast. Um, so he loves it. And I think that one of the things, um, when I think about it, um, he... Uh, you know he's made so much progress. One of the things that's been incredible is we actually he used a communication device, which is great if you if you need that. If you don't and you don't have to rely on a, on a, a, a device that may malfunction potentially, mm-hmm. um, then great. Uh, you know if you can if you can get by without having it. Of course, he was actually. Um, in the summer of last year, we were able to give him his full 40 hours and he went from being completely nonverbal to speaking full sentences by the end of the summer. Isn't so It's pretty incredible. brilliant,
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: And honestly, it has made him a more happier child. Oh, I um, can't imagine. It's, yeah. It's created a more like a, a safer environment for him mm. because you know, you imagine if you, you know, if he was to run away or, Yes. or any of those things, he would actually be able to verbalize and oh, not have yes. to worry about about some of the things that might be attached to that.
0: That's huge, David. And your relationship with him completely takes a, on a whole new level, doesn't it, as with everything else?
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, it really does. And, um, you know, I, I can see uh, what it's... In him, he's not frustrated about something that he can't communicate to us mm-hmm. um, as much because he's able to actually tell us. And and you know, I mean, uh, he has that voice, and so he wants to use it. And and so it's pretty pretty incredible to see that change in him. And and uh, actually, it was that same summer was the first time he was able to say Happy Father's Day to me. So that was pretty incredible oh, for me as it happened. Oh my God,
0: app. David. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and he was how old? That was when he was 11, when he was able to say Happy Father's Day.
2: He was actually, uh, that would have been nine years old. Yeah, he just had his birthday.
0: Oh, I'm just thinking about that. Uh, Sorry. You're fine. That is, um, no, that just um, is something that, that that is so huge, uh, such yeah. a small, you know. We call them milestones rather than milestones. You know, a moment like that that uh, might not be something anybody else would ever think of. That you, you know, it's not until you're nine years old that you can say Happy Father's Day to your father or Happy Birthday or. Uh, okay, um,
2: <laughs> and I think it's important too to think about. Um, you know, it wasn't just for me. I mean to think that he was able to 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 verbalize that, and obviously they worked with him a little bit on that. I'm sure at the clinic, mm. but for him to be able to come out and say that yes, really it's... goes to show that he thought that already in his head, yes. but wasn't able to say it. But that doesn't mean that he didn't care enough and and, and love me enough to yeah, yeah. to to try to you know make that known to me. So it was pretty cool when you think about it like that too.
0: That is very cool. That is very cool. Uh, is he continuing the forty hours a week at this stage?
2: Yeah, so that was only during the summer and um, when he wasn't in school. Um, he is unable to get the full prescribed hours of ABA because the school district uh, will not allow our outside therapists into the school.
0: Okay. Okay. That's a dilemma. How are you? How are you facing that one?
2: So. It has been quite the dilemma. And um, so we originally started going through the meetings, to the IEP meetings, and I could quickly notice that it wasn't a, a decision that the teacher was making necessarily, um, but it was more of a district decision. And so we organized parents and several hundred of us total went to um 15 school board meetings Um, several hundred of you yes we had quite a little group of people um it was all together that's what we had but we um but to get that many parents especially ones that have extra um you know appointments in their schedule and different things Mm. um i was pretty satisfied with that and they asked me to come because they said that the with the culture of the board, they felt like they felt like maybe a uh, a dad would be um, would be a good voice in that. Your and voice thought, would
0: be important, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I uh, wasn't sure about it at first. I you know I never have done anything quite like that, and I said, you know what, let's do it. And um, I was um, I, di- I I didn't look back. I mean, it was just keep going. And We already put this the the action for we already started moving forward and so i organized these parents we started going and nothing was happening and and towards the end or closer to the 15th um school board meeting um we were on the news and uh we were seeing a lot of action through the-
1: when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring
2: the media and about 30 interviews um is what we ended up with at the end um
0: on the new on news media on television yeah
2: yeah tv um we did some radio stuff uh we did all different types of media newspapers everything
0: and are you doing most of this is this you that they're talking to
2: Yeah, most of it was uh, me that they were talking to. Good on Um, you,
0: David. Go, man. (laughs) That is fantastic.
2: Well, and I did, so one of the things I did is, because the media wanted to talk to parents, I would connect them with parents that were a part of our group. And I would kind of coach them, look, you know, you're talking to uh, the news and you're representing all of us, you know. And uh, Mm. so, you know, even if you have, you know, we don't need to necessarily hear your personal view of the personal board members. <laughs> um, just go and go and share our story, which is that we, you know, need them to a- allow in this particular therapy. And so out of all of that, we eventually got to the point where we realized that the board was uh, basically standing in between um, our children and their medical needs. And mm. so um uh, I was uh, two years ago in March. I filed a federal lawsuit based on the American with Disabilities Act. Right, and uh, we basically said, if you have to allow a service animal, you surely have to allow our outside therapist and with our child at of no cost to the district. Of course. So, that was a not an easy decision by the, by oh, any man. means. I mean, I remember sitting at the table thinking, "Is this actually something that I want to do?" You're you're literally taking on the government, and uh-huh. uh, and I said, "You know, how could I? Uh, I, I couldn't live with myself knowing that I didn't go as far as I possibly could go to make for sure that he was able yeah. to get his medical needs
0: met." Yeah, yeah. And And so, go on, how's how's that been proceeding? Well,
2: it has been very, very challenging, and I will say our first month um, while we filed was not only a very, very nerve-wracking moment, but also in that same month, we had um, an employee spouse of the school um, send some threatening messages to us Hmm. um, online, and we also had... Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that it was one of those moments where things just get really emotional, and they were probably trying to defend what they were seeing in the school, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it wasn't appropriate, and it was it was hurtful as a as a parent. I mean, you're not trying to come after a teacher or anything like that. It's really just a matter of and and if we if we're really honest it boils down to support for my child first and most importantly but for them too and then um i actually had my first seizure because of stress and uh was unconscious for like 20 minutes a seizure um, did you say I drove my car into a tree, yes. Oh, it. And, uh, and then my wife was hijacked um, <laughs> in a very nice what, part of town. It shouldn't have happened.
0: What, what, uh, what do you mean? You mean carjacked?
2: Yes, carjacked. Really? She, guy uh, uh, drug her 30 feet through the parking lot and took off on a high-speed chase from police. And uh, so it was a, a, a moment to... Uh, oh, my God. To, it was not a good moment for for us as a family. But
0: the boys weren't and with her at the time, I take it.
2: We had just... She had just dropped them off at school. And ah. uh, she went to go put some gas and stuff in her car. And uh, that's when it happened, unfortunately. So, fast forward past that terrible moment. Um, we had many different you know back and forth between us and the school. And eventually... Uh, this last March, we lost in federal court, um, in the district federal court, and we appealed in August to the Fourth Circuit. Um, so now, for those that aren't familiar yeah, with that, that that's, yeah. yeah, so basically that is the court that is between the local federal court and the Supreme Court. Oh, okay. So this would be three judges who would uh, rule on our case and um, and then, of course, if we weren't to, you know, win at that point, which is still ongoing, we could ask for the Supreme Court uh, to review uh, that, that same case. Um, but we feel pretty, uh, you know, we, we feel very, very confident that we'll win. Um, it's a simple accommodation. It doesn't cost them any money. And, of course, this is not something that every child would need.
0: Now, David, if this, when this is concluded and you are successful, let's put it that way, this will have an impact on schools right across the country, won't it? Because this is a federal law. You're talking about the Americans with Disabilities Act. Is that right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So we'll set a precedence across the country that wow. no school district will be able to come between that child and their medical needs. And I think that when you think about it also... Uh, you know, I, I guess for me as a dad, I, I, sometimes I sit back and I'm like, did I really go through this? You know, did I do this? And I'm like, yes, I did. And for a good reason. And, um, so, and not every child is prescribed that many hours. So, you know, not every child would probably be, you know, I guess it would depend on, on, on the situation and, and that kind of thing. But mm. Um, since he's prescribed that many hours and, um, you know, there's no reason that we should have to, as parents, we're really put in a position where we have to pick one or the other. Does he go to school or does he get his medical needs? And we, and we can't miss school because obviously legal issues with that here.
0: And of course, it's the principle of the matter for every child in every school, isn't it? It's not just about Zach, although obviously in your case it is, but as you say, this will set a precedent one way or the other.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that um, it will um, help a lot of kids out and it will also, um, I think that it it, it, sh- it should, I would think, at least from my opinion, and I'm not an attorney by any means, but I would think that it would um, really show that schools have to do uh, these particular things or have to allow outside people in that uh, a child needs, you know.
0: Isn't it incredible, you know, the things that we are called upon to decide on or act upon that we never saw coming, and as parents of children with additional needs or disabilities, this frequently happens, doesn't it, that we are suddenly being required to reach beyond what we ever thought was was within us. Where does your strength come from? Where do you draw your strength and hope from?
2: You know, um, I guess the best way to answer that is um, to to, to kind of give you a little bit of background about my myself. Um, and as a young child, I was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder or ADHD, however yeah. you you refer to it. Um, and so. I struggled terribly through school. It was really one of my worst experiences. I I, I, I didn't do well at all. And um, I don't even remember a specific subject that I would say I liked, except going home, which wasn't a subject. It was just what I wanted to do.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah.
2: So, um, but that was when I'm sitting at the IEP table with the um, school administrators and teachers, and that sort of like flashback sort of moment there uh, when I realized that he wasn't going to be able to get his medical needs met through that team and so I remember sitting in at that table and remembering sort of this moment or multiple moments probably over that time period of sitting in front of like math homework and crying because it was so difficult for me as a child and so um I think that for me inside I I just realized that my situation wasn't anything like my son's. And my son's was was dealing with things at a lot more of a, an extreme level than than I ever did. And I knew that if I just gave up that there would be no chance for him to to get his needs met and I never want to see him go through that. And so I knew from 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 some of my experiences that it was gonna be really important that I step up to the plate in a way that I've never done before, and um so that's what pushed me to that point, I guess <laughs> to realize that I had to do something
0: wow, I um I guess because, as you say, Zach is very aware and listens. He knows what's going on, and he's seen you on television, and he's heard you on the radio. And you know, what 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 part of the conversation does he have in all of this? Uh, he he must know the kinds of things you're attempting to do. Uh, does he uh, have? Does he speak about that at all to you?
2: Zachary speaks, but he doesn't um, conversate quite like that. Um, So, no, he doesn't quite know what's going on, per se, Um, but he – I think that he definitely understands that we're doing something for him. He just doesn't quite understand what that is.
0: Okay. Um, Isaiah?
2: Isaiah definitely does. So a funny thing about Isaiah is he actually wants to be an attorney when he grows up and fight for kids with disabilities.
0: Isn't that perfect?
2: Yes. Um I could have used him if he could have grown up a lot faster, but um save me lots of money and headaches maybe. Um but no, I um what it, you know to me I look I, it blows my mind cuz I sit back and I think this kid understands enough that he understands the impact of what's going on. And the other thing that I think is really unique is that he doesn't hold grudges, even though he knows that the school is really the reason why this isn't able to happen for his brother. He still loves his teachers. He has an incredible love for his teacher. He just loves these people. Uh, and... Uh, and he, and he doesn't think of it that way. He has it separated, realizes that it's just something that, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, that it's there, you know.
0: You must be so proud of your boys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. My kids um, are, are incredible. They make me laugh. Um, and they are just, they're good kids. I mean, I, I you know. And a lot of times when people ask me, they'll ask me about, uh, you know, some of the situations and things we've dealt with with Zachary and uh, and uh, I, Isaiah. And it's just part of my story. Like, I don't really see it as anything else. But I also know that sharing my story um, encourages other people to just kind of uh, challenge themselves sort of to, to move into action. Because the only way these things change, the only way these things get better is that we actually get to the point where we say I refuse to take no. I know what my child needs and I shouldn't have to pick one or the other when it's you know something that can easily be done t- together in unison.
0: I heard your podcast conversation with Isaiah where you was talking to him about becoming a lawyer. <laughs> Uh, That was beautiful. That was just beautiful. And I could hear in your voice and his this deep, thoughtful, quite straightforward attitude of seeking to make the world a better place in your corner where you are, knowing that that has an an impact on others. And uh, we'll put a link to that podcast into the show notes for this one, if that's okay with you, so that people can hear your little conversation. With Isaiah. Are you continuing with your podcast?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We're trying to uh, put some things together here for the future. And, um, you know, even maybe maybe someday I'll uh, bring you on and see if we can oh, be hear delighted. some of your thoughts and your
0: story. I'd be honored, David. So, can we have a, a link to that as well so that our listeners, if they want to check out your podcast, they can subscribe? Absolutely. Yes. Sure. That'd be great. I know that you've said a couple of times, just coming to you now for a second, um, that you lament the fact that dad's voices aren't heard as much as perhaps they could be.
2: Yeah, um, that's been one of the things as a dad, you're learning all of these new things, and you're trying to find out. And 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 it, originally, it starts off as just trying to find the information. Like, what is it that you uh, need to be able to help this child kind of make it through their journey? And then I think as you become, you know, sort of more mature into that uh, world, you begin to not only look for that information, but also to find other support, which would be hearing other dads. And, and and so I, I really, I feel like sometimes we uh, are sort of given a role, which is go to work and come home, which is fine. That's somebody's role. Um, but for me, I, I want to hear other dads and other people, uh, that are, that are similar to myself and, and, uh, and, and just hear what, their experiences are to see them and and just hear that raw realness. That's what I I love about this particular podcast and you and this edition that you've been putting out is uh it really does help you know uh, encourage you as a dad so that you know that you're not alone in this journey.
0: Yeah, look for me, that's been the case too for many years. uh Mixing with so many mums and they they're all gorgeous, you know. I, I, I don't mean that in a in a creepy way they are they're just wonderful human human beings and I've always uh admired and learned a lot from them but did feel from time to time well what's what's going on here why am I not ever hearing a dad's perspective and I don't know if it's the case over there but certainly here there are often times a man will just not feel comfortable speaking up about how he feels or what he wants you know um he doesn't feel safe or confident to do that. And that happens sometimes. But also, I think, uh, you know, credit to Mandy and Kate to, to carve out a space here specifically where dads can talk, because unless we give people an opportunity and encourage them to speak, I'm not sure that uh, there are that many opportunities. So dads, if you're listening to this, or mums, if you've got a dad there at home who, you know, who should hear it, pass this on to him. Let's talk to you, talk together, because I'm I. I tell you what, I'm the one who benefits from talking to these other dads and hearing their stories, and you just might too, and you'll you'll be a great um, encouragement to somebody else if you speak up. So, so thank you, David. I, I had one one more thing I wanted to ask you, but before I do that, was there something that we've? I mean, we've skipped over you know eleven years of experience here very quickly. <laughs> Is there something you wanted to say in particular at this point?
2: Um, I guess I would add um, that um, I decided to run for for school board here. <laughs> so oh, now explain
0: um, to us in Australia what that means.
2: So essentially, um, our school superintendent um, has a board underneath them that's voted in, and they help kind of navigate the the direction of the the school so they're elected officials and so i decided i said well i uh, am not happy with the way things are and why complain about it when you can you know join the club uh, essentially (laughs) and uh, so i'm not normally a person to do anything really political because i don't like that atmosphere always um but i decided to just jump into to the game sort of to speak and uh and, tr- and, and try to help sort of, you know, uh, give a voice to those who really don't have one. It's not, um, mm. you know, and, and a lot of our families I, I see that are struggling. It's, I hear stories every day now um, about it. And I, and I just can't imagine a board without somebody who understands the special education process or what us as parents um, go through.
0: So, this is a district school board, is it?
2: Correct, yes. Yeah. So, they so spread, how big we
0: an area would that cover?
2: So, we're the third largest school district in the state of um, of South Carolina, and um, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head of how many kids go to the schools here, but um, that's 52 schools. Wow. So, it's uh, quite a large um, uh, district. Yes. And so when's the we, election? So no, we'll we'll have a primary and then we'll have the uh, general in November. Okay. So um, we're hoping to 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 win and and to you know kind of give parents uh, somebody who actually understands a little bit about Absolutely. What, what's mm. going on. So and is that
0: a three year term? How do, how does that work?
2: Um, it is uh, two years. Okay, And then we uh, have to run again. Um, So Mm. they get – a lot of times school boards here are presented with – we can do like a state complaint or due process, um, which is a legal process that people can go through, um, presented with that information. And so when they're presented with that information and and what the attorneys believe they should do – you know, sometimes it's one-sided, sort of speaking. So, parents, you know, uh, don't have anybody on the board currently that actually understands enough to ask the right questions that might need to be asked. Um, and so, that doesn't mean anything bad against them, but they're just not in that world. Mm-hmm. And so, um, trying to find different ways to to kind of uh, give a voice to
0: us parents. Well, the very best of of luck with that because that sounds like exactly the right thing and uh, good on you for being willing because that will be quite a, a responsibility, won't it, to, uh, to take on. But you are the right man for the job by the sound of it. And uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean that uh, in, in many different ways. Um, so look, we will follow your political career with interest now. <laughs> so you go through a primary and then an election, just like you do with your president over there. Is that right?
2: Uh, yes, they do a <laughs> similar sort of process.
0: Well, when's the primary?
2: Uh, that is April.
0: So you should know by April if you're still in the running then.
2: Yeah, it yes. will okay. definitely still be, be be going there but I will tell dads too you know I mean I think that like just um I would kind of challenge the way that you that that we we approach things sometimes and kind of think about what what we can do to sort of insert and learn more uh, about how we can encourage each other sort of I think that um one of the things I was thinking about when we were following up sort of to this day um uh, I think that no matter what kind of we do culturally or, or whatever the reason is, I think that we can definitely find ways that we can and use our, our platform, whatever that is, to, to in, encourage other fathers. And, um, and it depends where you live, different places, uh, you know, here the, a lot of moms were interested in hearing a dad speak. Uh, and be a part of it. And and they they felt that that the board would listen to that. And uh, as you see, we're in court. So no, that didn't work out either. Um, But um, I guess my point being is this, is that um, it's imperative that dads um, put themselves out there a little bit and understand that there are other dads out there looking. And there's going to be dads new on their journey that need to hear that voice of encouragement and uh and i think that you'll find find just like we're finding today and and as you've you found i'm sure and and your your journey as well is that it helps you sort of you know navigate that path
0: mm-hmm. i wanted to ask you about uh one of the issues that often uh, we face in this whole dynamic is the partnership, the relationship between the mum and the dad, you know whether it's a marriage or whatever. Um, obviously, additional needs as parents place additional demands upon the relationship, and for some that is way more than others. But how about you and Roxanne? have you how's the how's the the teamwork there? How's the partnership been for you both? <laughs> so
2: we've been married for 13 years and um we were we got married at a very young age everybody told us we wouldn't make it and we're we're still here um, <laughs> so um she uh, you know she's more quiet and um uh, very more reserved and um i'm loud and not reserved and um so um but that's fine. We work together, you know, like it's, it, you know, we both have our things that we sort of do, uh, not in a bad way, but if, um, you know, she's not going to be one that goes speak at a school board meeting, but sure. I will. Sure. And so, um, but no, I'm, I'm very, you know, Roxanne is incredible. Um, you know, this journey, you know, has been very stressful, uh, for the both of us. Um, but we, purposely make time to have little date nights and go out with each other and uh, and thank God grandma and grandpa is close because we can mm, send yeah. them there and they understand a little bit more uh, about some of those things and, and grandpa works for the school district too so he actually knows a little bit about and, and he works in special education so not only has he learned from us but he's learned a little bit of things from, from the school as well
0: well, Roxanne, we've all heard David say it now. You are incredible. Thank you for what you're doing, even though we haven't had a chance to talk directly. It's been nice to know that you're a part of this story and good on you as a mum from this dad on the other side of the planet. You're um, doing this together and it has been such a wonderful experience for me to meet you and to talk to you both or to talk to you about you both and your two boys. Um, David, uh, as we would say in Australia, or as I would say, you, in my view, are a bloody good dad. <laughs> and I encourage you and commend you and and thank you. You have made a difference to me just talking to me in this last hour or so, and I, I really mean that so i appreciate the conversation we've had i know the peas and the beans will as well uh this episode when it comes out um will introduce us all to another one of our over peas we call them over peas the uh, peas that live overseas and uh, it's (laughs) nice to now have you as part of our tribe and part of uh, our community thank you so much david i really mean that it's been a pleasure to talk to you so that was david Oh, man, I enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did too. Listen, peas and beans, before I go, can I just shamelessly uh, put in a plug for something? My son Christopher and I, as many of you know, have over the years been involved in presentations, seminars, education, in universities, in conferences, and um, in various gatherings of parents as well as government bodies, Just advocating for giving people uh, a fair go, no matter what their ability or disability level. Opportunities that might uh, be available to people if they were simply, uh, if people would simply think. So we've been doing that quite a bit. We haven't done very much since COVID and we haven't been able to travel much, but we are looking to open up uh, that area of our lives again. We, In Christopher's words, <laughs> people have probably had enough of a rest, enough of a break from us. We would like to just put it out there that as a father and son team, whether it be online or even potentially in person, we are available to come and speak at your conference, at your event. We are available to help with uh, training and setting up of uh, uh, accessible equipment and accessible uh, ecosystems in your school or in your venue, wherever it might be. We've done a little bit of this in so many different locations over the years, and we would like to do a little bit more. So. Get in touch with us if you are interested, if you're organising an event or if you are on a committee that's helping with uh, a conference that's coming up or something in 2022, give us uh, a shout and we might be able to see what we can do if we can come along and speak. And I... I will tell you right up front that we uh, charge for this. This is something that we try to do to put bread on the table for us as well and something that we feel is of great value and great service to people and therefore we don't do it for free. But uh, we can work that out. We have all kinds of flexibility when it comes to what uh, that would mean depending upon your organisation and what the circumstances are. We go under the name of Hands Optional, and we would love to hear from you. Send me an email. That might be the simplest thing, uh, and I will be happy to.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Giggy Palmer.
0: to open up a conversation with Christopher and with you. So send me an email to Gary, that's G-A-R-R-Y, Gary at Hills, V-I-E-R-H-I-L-L-S dot com. And let's see what we might be able to do together in the year ahead. Thanks for listening to this episode, Peas and Beans. I look forward to being with you in the next Beanstalk. Bye for now.